Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, Energized by Celsius. It is a Pewter post-game show, the last Pewter post-game show of this season for the Buccaneers, because the Bucs lost at home in the Super Wildcard round to the Cowboys by a score of 31-14 to in a game that was really never even close and didn't even come remotely close to thinking about a potential comeback. So uh, a lot to get into as the Bucs are eliminated from uh, the postseason and what could be potentially Tom Brady's last game as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Join with me live from Raymond James Stadium yeah. in one of the press boxes is Scott Reynolds. And Scott, let's just get right to it. This was an ugly game for the Bucs. They went down 18-0 and could never recover. The team struggled everywhere. Offense, they couldn't score points. Defense, huge mental errors that we've seen since the first week of the season, and it all snowballed into a 31-14 loss for the Bucs. Yeah, for sure. This was a game that that uh, that neither side of the ball played well. Um, the, the Cowboys even tried to help the Buccaneers a little bit by – not even making an extra point, really. Right. So uh, I've never seen that before. Uh, so many missed extra points. It was crazy. Uh, so, it, it, you know, we, we talked about the Buccaneers needing to play well in, in the red zone in both sides of the ball. Tampa Bay's defense did not play well at all. Todd Bowles' unit uh, looked lost in coverage. They did a lot of things. Uh, credit Kellen Moore for really – devising a different game plan, um, you know, one that they were committed to to running the ball. They actually used Connor um, uh, McGovern, McGovern as, yeah. as an H-back and a fullback at times to try to give Dallas a little bit more of a running game than they had back in week one. But really it was the tight ends. Uh, Dalton Schultz led the way, and and uh, the, the Buccaneers just did not have any answer for that. And, and, and I think what was troubling was – the Bucks didn't blitz enough. When they did, they didn't get home. And when they decided to drop into the zone coverage, the Cowboys, uh, Dak Prescott just picked them apart, 25 at 33, 305 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, his quarterback rating was 143.3. I, I think that's – if that's not perfect, it's it's just a few ticks off. But Dalton Schultz, seven catches on eight targets, 95 yards and two touchdowns tonight. Uh Ferguson, the other tight end, had one catch for 34 yards, and, and really, it was it was uh, uh, stunning to see because the Buccaneers, especially with Levante David, really kind of erased Dalton Schultz in the first uh, matchup in Week One. They just didn't have any answer for for the the misdirection, the bootlegs, the play action tonight. It, the Bucks defense was lost, um, and the Bucks offense has been lost all year, averaging 18.4 points per game at it and just 14 tonight. So. As Peter Report has already reported, uh, Byron Leftwich is expected to be fired. That is news. That is not speculation. Um, you know, this is something that's been a long time coming. And uh, Peter Report can now report it. We've hinted at it. I've called for it. It's it's news now. Byron Leftwich will be fired by the Buccaneers. Uh, they're expected to keep Todd Bowles. I wonder if the Glaciers changed their mind after tonight's game. Mm. But given the fact that they won the NFC South, had a bunch of injuries, and really um, we're, we're saddled with this offensive coaching staff. Again, I'm not making excuses for Todd Bowles, 
Um, I, I would have fired Byron Leftwich and I called for it early in the season, Matt. But at the same time, this was a, a coaching staff that he inherited. He inherited this coaching staff on March 30th. This is Bruce Arians coaching staff, not Todd Bowles. I expect that Bowles will not only fire Leftwich, but also part ways with several of the offensive assistants under Arians and, um, and, and make some moves there this offseason. Yeah, as we talked about, Todd Bowles obviously was grateful that he got another head coaching position. And if people remember, the the head coaching change went on after the NFL owners' meetings. We were surprised why Bruce Arians wasn't there. And then we understood why, because Todd Bowles was becoming the new head coach. But to your point, he couldn't make any changes, any adjustments then and there because, you know, the carousel had stopped. All coaches were on to their new Right. Uh, team or, or and things of that nature to anyone that changed. So Todd Bowles' hands were kind of tied when it came to who was going to be his offensive coordinator. And uh, clearly it, do- it did not work out when the Bucks had less talent around them. Byron Leftwich was not able to um, overcome that and kind of draw up better plays and opportunities yeah. for all those around him. And, I think you even saw it today in this game. You know, the Bucks were down 18 nothing. Then they scored, and they were still down by a ton of points. Yeah. It's the fourth quarter. You're down by three scores, and you're still running it at a shotgun on first down. It's like, yeah. come on, man. Like, the urgency. Someone in the comments before during the game day show had a great tweet where, or a great comment where they said, uh, Byron Leftwich was – calling the game like it's a seven game series as if like oh well we don't get him this one we'll get him in the next game no yeah. there was no sense of urgency at all uh whatsoever so a change needed to be made uh yeah. who will be the new offensive coordinator we'll have a whole offseason to talk about that obviously todd bunkin is, is a a man that you have mentioned and but a lot of teams want todd bunkin now i don't think it's just the bucks uh, in yeah. that situation, but there will be a change to the team. Uh, we have a couple super chats that we need to get into, so appreciate everybody for the super chats. Brandon Mackey with a five dollar super chat, Canadian says, uh, needed an offensive performance, but left offended. Clean out this entire coaching staff, whether Tom is back or not. Thanks for the great season, Peter. Report thanks again, Brandon, for the comment. Thanks for the kind words. Yeah, I mean, I thought the Bucks were going to get a boost that Ryan Jensen was returning. Yeah. But they forgot, hey, well, Ryan Jensen can block, but Donovan Smith can't really too much. Yeah. So what was the solution? Let's give him as many one-on-one opportunities with Micah Parsons as possible. We said before, we hope that the Bucks don't get stubborn and put Donovan Smith in a one-on-one situation right. with Micah Parsons. And if he does, you have to adjust quickly and put in another tight end, put in a, a running back to chip block like Leonard Fournette did in week one. The Bucs just decided to ignore all of that. And Michael Parsons was a menace from the beginning of the game all the way till the end of the game. Donovan Smith had another poor performance. And I think left tackle is another position that is going to be evaluated this offseason that, hey, if things don't turn around, I don't think they're just going to sit in silence as Donovan Smith, you know, struggles again. Um, that was really disappointing to see. You thought you'd get a boost yeah. to Ryan Jensen returning. And then Donovan Smith kind of, you know, did what he's done all season long. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it it certainly you can see there, you know, Donovan Smith holding Micah Parsons on that play. Jensen uh, trying to come over to help a little bit. But, uh, the, you know, John B says Bulls wasted a year by not firing him after the Ravens game. So um, I can add some context now. Again, not defending Todd Bulls. I'm just explaining 
what happened because uh, I, I would have fired Byron Leftwich uh, after the Ravens game. I actually called for it after the Panthers game, and then again after the Ravens game. Uh, Todd Bowles, um, I, I don't think saw any better answer on this this coaching staff, and, and I think that you're going to see a lot of offensive coaches go. That that's my opinion. I don't know that Byron Leftwich. I do know, but um, the fact that that Byron Leftwich was not fired during the season leads me to believe strongly that that there was no better option on this coaching staff and you know that that really speaks volumes about maybe what what Bowles thinks about the offensive coaches uh you know it remains to be seen what happens there uh but you know the organization um okayed that decision if he wanted to fire left which he could he had the authority to do so and and I think at that time he made a calculated gamble, uh, which was I'm going to trust my defense and the heroics of Tom Brady to get us the NFC South championship, get into the playoffs with a home playoff game, and see what happens. Uh, and again, if Bulls didn't replace Leftwich with another offensive coach on this staff, that leads me to believe that that he doesn't have a lot of faith in these offensive coaches to do a better job than Byron Leftwich. Otherwise that would have happened. So I, I think he's going to go outside the organization and do this. And, and, and I know some of you might be thinking, well, well, why didn't he fire Byron uh, and make some changes with his coaching staff when he took over? Well, he took over March 30th, which was two weeks after free agency. Remember Bruce Arians right. abruptly stepped down, caught everybody by, by surprise. All, and as you said, Matt, all of the offensive coaches were either committed to to the college ranks or committed to other NFL s- staffs and uh, and at the same time too um you know if Byron or I should say if Todd Bowles had any type of, of inclination or any feeling about you know Byron Leftwich being a fraud which I I called him uh, a fraud um if, if Bowles shared in that same viewpoint it, it would look awful if he were to fire Byron Leftwich after two right. seasons of which the offense averaged 30 points per game without cause. Now there's cause. And, and you could say, well, what took so long? Well, again, it's maybe there was not a, a better solution on the coaching staff. And ultimately his plan worked. It wasn't a pretty eight and a nine season, but they did win the NFC South. They got into the playoffs and again, um, say what you want about Bulls' defense tonight. It was awful, but so was the offense. Uh, yeah, it, it, exactly. It would have been te- – One point I was going to make is it's 18-0, not an insurmountable um, – you know, Yeah, not great, but yeah. Right, but then you, you go three and out after having all of halftime to draw up the next three or four plays. Yeah, and Bucks started out the game with two straight three and outs. Like the defense got off to a great start. They also had two straight three and outs. I was going to get to Eric's uh, super chat as well. Thank you, Eric, for the nine ninety nine super chat. Um, I know you said Bowles will be back, but this entire staff got exposed for being unprepared and offensively unable to adjust. Going to get a key at left guard with Smith playing as bad as he had, terrible. I think that's a big thing for the Bucks, especially Byron Leftwich and the offense. Just the un willingness and being unable to adjust to anything and sure if, if you want to say well why didn't they put Hainsey at left guard versus uh Luke Gedeke that's one thing why didn't they 
double team with Donovan Smith. That's another. But again, it's late in the game. You're down multiple scores, and you're still running a screen pass to get Leonard Fournette or Rashad White open. And you're throwing that swing pass to Chris Godwin. Right. They they ran the same three to four plays in the same formation over and over and over again. And it's like, okay, well, you, you struggled all season long on offense. Now you need you need to essentially empty the bag, empty the tank, because you're either coming back in this game and tying it up or taking the lead, or you're going home. And the Bucks really brought nothing to the table, especially after they went down by so much. It was bad from the beginning. Yeah. It was bad all the way along. The best thing they did was recovering an onside kick. That was probably the best moment by the Bucks on offense, defense, or special teams in the entire game. Yeah, and you know, uh, to Eric's point, too. Uh, listen, if this team were to fire, you know, Todd Bowles, I, I I would certainly understand it. But looking at the track record of the Glaziers, if the Glaziers didn't fire Lovey Smith after a two and fourteen season in his first year, uh, and I know Greg Shiano went seven and nine his first year, but he didn't make the playoffs. It's hard to find a precedent for firing Todd Bowles after one season, in which he delivered you know, an NFC South division title. And, and I know, again, some fans that might seem shallow because of the eight, nine record, it's nasty. It's awful. Uh, you know, it's embarrassing, but at the same time, they're here tonight. They were in the playoffs. Yep. They had an opportunity and they failed. They had an opportunity to advance. And, and so I, I think the Glaciers have to see, okay, Todd, you're probably going to get one year to get the offensive coordinator position right and 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 get this offense back scoring. You don't have to be scoring 30 points per game, but by God, man, score, you know, 24 points per game, right? If you do that, if you if you put 24 points in uh, down the buck schedule, you're going to see this team, I, I want to say, win 10 games, mm -hmm. right? And, and um, you know, and, and, and that's maybe different, and maybe it's different tonight. I will say this, um, not defending Todd Bowles, the Cowboys offense was awful last week. It was awful in week one, but this is an offense that is one of the highest scoring offenses in the league. So it shouldn't come as much of a surprise to, you know, to fans tonight that the Cowboys were able to do this when they're on, they're on, they put up a lot of points mm. and they were on tonight and the bucks were off. And as Todd Bowles said, and accurately so Matt, uh, the, give the Cowboys props, but the bucks helped them along the way too. The Bucs helped them with just, again, so many mental errors. I mean, there were a couple of guys that were wide open. C.D. Lamb's touchdown, I believe yeah. the second touchdown by Schultz. Guys just wide open, breakdowns and coverages. It almost looked like the soft zone defense that we criticized Todd Bowles as a defensive coordinator for yeah. last season. Better at it this year, but then today, everything was open over the middle of the field. And then uh, the run game really especially got going for the Cowboys uh, I would say more in the second half, but, uh, you know, they, they started running to the outside. They started mixing things up. And, yeah. you know, the Bucks knew the Cowboys were going to run it in the in the second half. They had a big lead. Yeah. How do you, how do you uh, keep that lead? You run the ball and kill the clock, and they still were able to get multiple first downs from it. So, yeah, Cowboys really played a great game after struggling uh, in recent weeks. Shaggy with the $5 Super Chat. Thank you, Shaggy. You said, any word on Russell Gage? That hit was nasty. And, yeah, that, that was a tough one to watch. Um, I believe Todd Bowles was asked about it after the game. Yeah, Todd Bowles said that uh, you know he was he was alert. He's being treated uh, at a nearby, nearby hospital for concussion. They're going to check 
his neck to see if there's any injuries uh, to his neck. He was able to move his fingers, which is a good sign. Uh, and the, the, there's a, literally a hospital right across the street from the stadium. So um, I think Russell Gage should be okay. We'll, we'll get an update tomorrow as, as Bowles has his end-of-season press conference. They'll probably have an update for us at that time. Uh, appreciate the super chat, Shaggy. And also, uh, too, from Lap Gonzalez, four ninety nine. Fire coaching staff, cut Donovan Smith, start fresh next year. Thanks for three great years, TB12, lifelong Bucks fans. Appreciate you. So um, let's talk about Tom Brady a little bit, Matt. Um, yeah. You know, wasn't great tonight by any means. Was was under siege. The offensive line, uh, collectively, it wasn't just Donovan Smith. Gedeke, you know, had, had some breakdowns. Ryan Jensen had some breakdowns. There was some pressure from the right side. Uh, it was not not a great night. 66 pass attempts, 35 completions, 351 yards, two touchdowns. The the end zone interception, which was costly, that was a play where he was trying to, to throw the ball away, uh, and and Curse was right there to to pick it off. Tom Brady's first red zone interception, and it came at the at an awful time. Um, I I still maintain Tom Brady will probably come back. Uh, he he didn't seem sullen um, or sad like he was leaving the game tonight. Right. I, I, I think in case he leaves Tampa, he did say goodbye to the the media, the local media. Um, but I don't think that was that was an ominous sign per se. I don't I don't think that was Tom Brady saying goodbye. I think he was saying if it's goodbye, I want to make sure I say goodbye to you. But um, I get the feeling Tom Brady is going to come back. I, I don't think that he wants to go out like this. Um, I, th- I think he's going to be intrigued to play for a better play caller next year. And, and um, you know, I, I would not be surprised that this organization is already trying to make inroads to make that happen, to, to move on this offensive coordinator higher sooner sure. rather than later. And I, I would not be surprised that Byron Leftwich is fired tonight, tomorrow. Um, this has been a long time coming. Sure. And uh, Leo was asking if Tom Brady's going to come back. Thank you, Leo, for uh, the super chat. I will say, and I know a lot of people in the comments and on social media are like, they got to rebuild. They got to rebuild fresh start and everything like that. If Tom Brady wants to come back, they ain't rebuilding. All right. right. Like if Brady's back, they, they are reloading as Bruce Arians uh, likes yeah. to say. What I will say about Brady's uh, press conference today after the game He's had far worse press conferences where he just looks devastated after losing a game. So by that comparison, Brady almost looked to be in good spirits after this game. Uh, As you were saying, you know, um, was was answering everything, was uh, obviously talking about what went wrong with the game. And as you said, uh, thanked everyone as well. So. Um, he clearly wasn't jovial. I don't think he's happy that they lost unless he's trying right. to prove a point about Byron Leftwich. But he's definitely been way more dejected yeah. at times. Uh, it just didn't game. seem like this was his last game. And and, yeah. and, it, and, it, and I don't think it's his last game in Tampa. Michelle C., appreciate the super chat here. You've been saying you think Brady might come back. Do you still feel that way after the embarrassment tonight? Um, I, I think that's the case. Matter of fact, I actually, actually walked out of the stadium with Tom Brady shook his hand for the first time. Um, he usually darts out of the media uh, pretty quickly, um, mm. out of the locker room, et cetera. And I kind of, you know, walked, uh, you know, probably 50 yards with him uh, around the corner. And, and he, 
made a, a right turn to the the player's parking garage. I, I made a, a beeline for the, the media elevator to go back to the press box. And, uh, you know, and, and I, uh, I, I said, hey, it's it's been a you know privilege covering you for the last three years. Uh, I hope it's not your last game here. And he kind of smiled, you know, and uh, yeah, and said, we'll we'll see. And I said, my two cents worth. Uh, I think you should come back. He's like, OK, you know, it was an acknowledgement that he was going to or whatever. But but again, just the vibe that you get from him, it just mm. doesn't seem like this is it, certainly for his playing days uh, now. It, it might depend on, you know, Tom Brady. And listen, if I'm Tom Brady, I'm I want to know who my offensive coordinator is going to be next year before sure. I commit to coming back. I will say this, and I think this is the one thing that Tampa Bay has working in its favor, Matt. And we've talked about it before, um, and and I wrote about it in tonight's story. Uh, Byron Leftwich leaving does nothing for Tom Brady's future here. Uh, it, it's not like those were. Best friends per se. Uh, not that there's any bad blood whatsoever, but it's not like Brady. I don't think would necessarily be upset if Byron Leftwich was gone and there's new offensive coordinator. Okay, so I'll say that. But um, this organization stood by Tom Brady throughout his divorce. Okay, when when Brady needed time off in training camp, this organization said yes. When Brady wanted to go see his son Jack for for you know a night and 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 go to Robert Kraft's wedding, right or wrong, this organization said yes. When Tom Brady has has you know wanted some veteran free agents on this team, Jason Light has accommodated those requests. And I don't know that this that, that Tom Brady wants to walk away from the trust and the relationships that he's built here in Tampa. I don't know that that's the case. And and the one thing I'll say to, to finish my point, Matt, is is look at the Denver Broncos. Nathaniel Hackett uh, sounded like a good hire, right? Trading for Russell Wilson seemed like a good idea. You know, the, the Broncos fan base was kind of energized for a minute during the offseason. Uh, let's ride, you know. And, and all of a sudden, it turned out to be a disaster. So the grass is not always greener. And, and, and I think Brady's smart enough and savvy enough and old enough to know that. And you look at the landscape. Who's going to challenge the Buccaneers in the NFC South? I know that that each team was seven and ten, and the Bucs were only one game better at eight and nine. But look at the quarterback situations. It's unknown in yeah. New Orleans. Is it Andy Dalton? Is it Jameis Winston? Uh, Desmond Ritter? Is he a franchise guy for Atlanta? You know, what's the quarterback situation going to be in, in Carolina? Sam Darnold again? So the NFC South, if Brady comes back and they add some pieces. You can't rule the Buccaneers out for winning the NFC South title for the third year in a row. And the, whoever is going to be the offensive coordinator obviously plays a, a huge factor into all of this. But I think part of the reason why it would be beneficial for Tom Brady to stay is that they're not that far off. Like, there's a lot of things. We know the issues with the Bucs offense. It's the lack of creativity. It was the injuries and not being able to overcome certain injuries with the different you know types right. of play calling that they had. So if you bring in the right type of offensive coordinator, the Bucs still have enough weapons to maybe not be that consistently 30-point-a-game guy or team, right. but they have enough players in there that they can still be a formidable offense and play complementary football with a defense that struggled tonight, but overall can win you a lot of football games and 
win you a lot more than just a typical, you know, eight and nine record to be a division winner. I will Matt, also you know say, what? yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. I was just going to say maybe what this team needs is, is some Celsius, right, Matt? I was going to do a Celsius ad read as well. So go for it. Done. Yeah, I was just going to say, of course, uh, Tom Brady coming back would, and you said energize before, would energize not just the Bucs, but the entire Buccaneers fan base. And, of course, the Peter Report podcast, Peter Post Game Show, is energized by Celsius. Uh, we love Celsius for so many different reasons, starting with the different flavors. You see the Arctic, Tropical, and Peach vibes right there. You can also go with a uh, Strawberry Kiwi Guava, Peach Mango, a Cola flavor, Cucumber Lime, Watermelon, so... A lot of great flavors. You have seven essential vitamins. It's a healthy version of an energy drink. Uh, zero crash, zero sugar. Uh, so you don't have that crash later on. Um, and if you want to have a Celsius energy drink just uh, and you don't know where to get one, go to the store locator, punch in your address, and it will tell you the closest convenience store, bodega, or anywhere else in between where you can go find one. And when you know that you love Celsius, and we know, that you'll love Celsius. Uh, start buying them in bulk. Go to Amazon, click on the subscribe and save, and uh, get the different packs that they have. I'd recommend the variety pack because variety is the spice of life. And why have one flavor of Celsius when you can have all of them? You can have it sent to your house or apartment every week, month, quarterly, whenever you need it. Just make sure you're drinking Celsius energy drinks. The official sponsor of the Peter Report podcast, hashtag Celsius Live Fit, hashtag Celsius Energy. Scott, we have so many comments and super chats to get to. We appreciate everybody rocking with us at 1233 in the morning on a now Tuesday morning. Marquise Davis, thank you, Marquise, for the $5 super chat. Can someone explain to me why Tom and Mike have been all off all year? I cannot explain that at all. And we thought that the connection was back after their fantastic performance uh, against the Carolina Panthers that clinched them the NFC South, where Evans had... Three touchdowns, over 100 receiving yards, just a monster game. They had the deep ball. I get it. It was late in the game, and the game was pretty much over anyway. That one looked like a good pass by Tom Brady, who I don't think really played stellar in this game by any means, especially right. with some throws early on. But that deep ball late in the game, it hit Mike Evans. And, you know, and Mike wasn't able to come down with it. Mike wasn't really a huge factor in this game. I guess it's uh, time to go back to the drawing board in terms of uh, their connection if Tom is back next season. Well, if he's back next season. And the thing, too, is is there's going to be a new drawing board. There's going to be somebody new drawing the plays. Um, maybe it's Todd Munkin. Maybe it's Bill O'Brien. Maybe it's Frank Reich. There's a lot of candidates. We'll have a list tomorrow on PeterReport.com of some of those candidates that, that the Buccaneers could, uh, you know, uh, uh, dial up to, to interview to replace Byron Leftwich. Who again, Peter Report is reporting is expected to be fired. Um, you know, I it's it's hard to kind of pinpoint what went wrong with this connection because the connection had been there the, the two previous seasons, and for some reason, you know, we we hadn't seen a lot of the fade pass. Uh, that, that that's kind of been a missing element ever since it worked back in week one with Mike Evans catching a beautiful fade pass from Tom Brady. Um, so I, I don't know why there weren't more shots into the end zone um it certainly didn't work out well tonight the buccaneers bogging down in the red zone having that that uh, end zone and they tried throwing it to who and they tried throwing the fade to julio jones late in the game julio wasn't even looking for the ball like you right. know he already tried it 
Uh, we have a super chat from uh, Trajan Her. Thank you for the super chat. And uh, they say, any good reason Dean didn't play a single snap? So we played a little bit on special teams. Yeah. But um, it had to do with an illness, if, if I'm not mistaken. And then Todd Bowles said that he was kind of just riding the hot hand of Sean Murphy bunting at yeah. the uh, at the corner position. SMB did not have a great game. I mean, no one really had a great game for the Bucs. Uh, right. But SMB struggled a little bit. That was probably the biggest surprise was that Jamel Dean just was not utilized as the corner uh, in, in this game. Yeah, and and I think too he was was sick this week. Plus, when you look at the fact that that uh, he he had a, a really bad toe injury as well. Uh, when when we last saw Jamel Dean play against the Carolina Panthers, he was literally hobbling, limping badly after that game in in the press bar, or in the uh, the locker room. So. Um, I don't think he's 100%. And we'll see if Jamel Dean returns uh, to the Buccaneers. Tampa Bay is salary cap strapped. They're, yeah. They're, they have the second worst salary cap situation heading into 2023. Um, that's with or without Tom Brady, folks. Uh, it's it's not getting any better if Tom doesn't return because there's a lot of dead cap money from Brady's voidable years. It might actually be, benefit the Buccaneers if, if he does come back. Um you know, from a from a salary cap standpoint, uh, Brian uh, Jukic with the nine ninety nine super chat, Matt. Yeah, thank you, Brian. Uh, I don't know how we expected any different. Mind blowing how bad this offense was all year. Don't understand why both lines were so bad. This was the best we could do in a home game. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Brian, once again. Yeah, yeah I think the defensive line was uh, a little surprising as well because we had been hyping up for weeks. Hey, Vita Bay and Akeem Hicks in the game together. Yeah. That usually stops the run, but that was not the case. We obviously talked about how much the offensive line struggled for the Bucs in this game. But things started out hot for the Bucs defense and on the defensive line. They were getting stops. Vita Bea had the sack. And then Akeem Hicks had the roughing the passer penalty. And yeah. ever since that happened, everything kind of went downhill. But, Scott, you said it before the game, or maybe it was on radio. You said this game – may very likely just come down to who wins the battle in the trenches. And I think that was a very telling, uh, very telling response with how much the Bucks struggled in both of those areas. Yeah. The Cowboys won the line of scrimmage on both sides. And, and you know, is Joe trying to a bust? I'm not quite ready to say that, but th- there are some people at, uh, at, you know, one buck place that are disappointed that he's not further along as a pass rusher that can threaten the passer on passing downs on a regular basis and really apply some heat. So, um, you know, we'll see how he develops. He's a very young player. He missed the 2020 COVID season. Um, you know, he played a little bit at a, at a position. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, uh, Lap Gonzalez with another super chat. We appreciate that. He's got to make a big step. He really does. He's a first-round pick. The team is counting on him. And you know what, Matt? They missed Shaq Barrett tonight. They really did. Shaq Barrett was a difference maker in week one. And that Bucks win over the Cowboys, nineteen to three, and and I think I think they've missed Shaq at several points this year. Shaq Barrett will be thirty next year, coming off of an Achilles injury, for a player who's not terribly fast to begin with, that relies on jumping the snap count and kind of quickness uh, to to get to the quarterback. Hey, Scott, I'm putting no stock in Shaq Barrett for next season. It's nothing on Shaq personally. 
I just think that's a huge injury it that is. he has to deal it with. It, the first thing it reminds me of a different player, different position, but OJ yeah. Howard had yeah, that Achilles injury, and OJ yeah. Howard was never the same. Now, Chris Godwin, ACL injury, different injury, but same idea of long injury, a lot of rehab. And Chris Godwin came back, I won't say better than ever, but he came back and obviously was solid this year for sure. Yeah. I'm not expecting really anything from Shaq Barrett. So I definitely do think uh, uh, outside linebacker is going to be a position that much like a lot of the other positions uh, yeah. has to be addressed this off season. Uh, Colin Monaco says these guys have to love when we get smoked because the super chats are flowing this evening. SR is buzzing. Hey, uh, we have awesome fans. We get a lot of super yeah. chats when the bucks win as well. So it's not just because right. they are losing, but I uh, definitely also- do. Yeah. Also, too, I, I've noticed uh, we had a massive amount of super chats um, after the Super Bowl win. We also had a massive amount of chats after they lost last year to the Rams. I, I, I think a lot of Buccaneer fans might be showing Peter Report some appreciation um, for, for the podcast as the season comes to a close tonight. We appreciate that. We really do. We do this podcast for you guys. Uh, we, we appreciate the super chats, but whether we get you know a bunch of super chats, a few or none, we're here for you to provide yes. you guys with the insight, analysis, and information about your favorite team as best we can. Um, I'm not buzzing; I'm freezing. It's just like <laughs> 40 degrees. I'm, I'm in uh, the Dallas Cowboys coaching booth here in the press box that's been vacated uh, outside of a guy that was coming to get some equipment here. Um, but the the stadium. Uh, the, the, the windows are open. The, the air is coming in. I'm already catching a cold today. I can feel it coming on, getting sick, and, and it's freezing. So I'm not buzzing. I'm freezing. But I'm here to do the podcast for you guys. And, um, you know, yeah, and- we're going to have a lot of lot of news coming up, Matt. This this is, this is – we're just getting started. Even the Well, that's what coming. I was – Yep. That's what I was going to say is we appreciate the super chats and, and everything. And for those that are thinking like, oh, like the podcasts are done – no, we, we do this all year long um, during especially free agency and the draft season, which is coming up now for the Bucks. So don't worry. We still have the, the podcast, um, you know, every, you know, weekly and multiple yeah. times a week. So uh, still a ton of Bucks coverage. Yep. Uh, and we're going to have we're going to have a podcast tomorrow at four o'clock as as Todd Bowles and the coaching staff wrap up. Yeah. Uh, you know, not just coaching staff, the players as well. Uh, you know, we'll have a, a kind of a postmortem on the Bucks season press conference at, at four o'clock tomorrow. And then we'll have one on Wednesday and Thursday this week. So we have a lot of news to, to talk about to break. And, uh, and so we'll be here all week long at four o'clock, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. We had a super yes, chat. Uh, Farouk Quab, thank you for the $10 super chat. Gun to your head. Who's our starting quarterback next year? I think it's Tom Brady. I think it's Tom Brady too. Uh, I, I, I think is, is the case, uh, you know, and, and we'll see. I, I I'm, I'm not, saying that, that that is a fact and that I'm not breaking news. That is my opinion. Uh, I, I have heard that the team definitely wants him back. The team believes that that there is, uh, you know, that there's a chance he does come back. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, let's hear a quick message from our I, friends. I, I, over say, the- I, I, I know that there's a lot of fans out there that are, that are not believing that. And, and maybe that's the case, you know, um, you know, he said, Goodbye for the year. Maybe he'll. Maybe it's goodbye forever. We'll see, Matt. Yeah, well, still the jury's still out on that one just yet. Um, let's hear a message from our friends at the Central Hard Rock Casino in Tampa. Just the way you like it. Me and my wife decided we'll have some fun. I was playing a two cent machine. Six bets in, I hit a jackpot. 
$517,000. Hi, my name is Tara and I want over $500,000 plan slot. I do this full time and I would not change it for the world. I'm Gloria. I want over $2 million at Seminole Hard Rock Casino. I went and bought a bunch of jewelry. <laughs> my name is Mike. I want over $350,000. I love playing back rock because it hits different. When you pull in that car and you flip over that nine, beating that eight, can't miss. I'm Jimmy. I want a half million dollars in a slot tournament at Seminole Hard Rock in Tampa. Even a blind squirrel can get a nut sometimes. <laughs> my name is Philip, and I won $215,000 on Blazing Sevens. Putting my last $40 on the table, next thing you know, bam, $215,000 jackpot. I hit that bad boy. I didn't realize how much it would change my life. You only live once. Have fun with it. Right. Anybody can win. It's them no hard rock in Tampa. Oh, when you can win big at the Seminole Hard Rock Casino in Tampa. We still have more Super Chats to get to, so we'll keep it rolling. Uh, we'll have a couple more minutes before we close out the show. But thank you to Wifflehead for the four ninety nine Super Chat. Comparing Lovey with Bowles is a bad comparison. Bowles had a losing season with Tom Brady. I believe the first losing season of Brady's career since he was in his like second season um, in the NFL. I, I think there's a lot of different factors to go into at different times. Um, they still made the playoffs. That was the, the, that was the goal. It was a little bit of a loophole of, Hey, you're going to have a losing season, but you still won the division. That was step one. And that probably kept Todd Bowles, job, uh, you know, and we'll see if, if the Glazers decide to keep him or not, but, um, you know, they make the playoffs and you could slice it up any way you want, but getting into the, the dance is, is half the battle. And they did accomplish that. So, I don't see Todd Bowles really going anywhere this season. For next yeah, year. I, I agree. And and I, th- I think the thing to remember is the offense is the scapegoat. Byron Leftwich is the scapegoat. Yeah. He's going to be the guy to fall on the sword, and Todd Bowles is going to go sell to the Lasers. Um, you know, the defense wasn't bad this year. It can be better for sure, but we need to score more points. Uh, and 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 you know, he's going to have one shot to get an offensive coordinator. I think that's part of the reason why he did not want to make a change this year because he did not want to use that offensive coordinator card on somebody in this coaching staff that he did not necessarily believe in. He wants to to go outside the organization, outside of the Bruce Arians playbook, and get somebody uh, in with some fresh ideas, with some innovative ideas. Uh, And and, and I, I think that, again, he gambled on his defense and Tom Brady getting this team to the NFC South championship uh, title, and, and it worked. Uh, but he's got to go outside to get a new offensive coordinator, and I believe that's the play right now. That is the case. Uh, Teddy with another $10 Super Chat. Thank you, Teddy. You're the man uh, always coming with the Super Chats. This season, specifically on offense, has been a collective failure. The narrative that the Bucks organization is some train wreck, holding Brady back doesn't make sense. Look at his three years here in totality. Yeah, I think we also do have to keep that in perspective. Before Brady got here, the Bucs hadn't made the playoffs in over a decade. He comes in, they win the Super Bowl, then they win the division uh, two years in a row. Again, different outlook with that 8-9 and nine record. But they've had a lot of success over the last three years. And I think when you, when you have a team that loses for so long, you got to appreciate the good times. And they're not yeah. – Totally done just yet. Just obviously sour taste in everyone's mouth right now with the way the offense played this season and how uh, that game ended. Lapkins says, we don't need an offense coordinator. Let Brady call the plays. 
He doesn't want to Brady, call the play. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't necessarily need that structure. Uh, so wouldn't expect that. Brian with another four ninety nine super chat. Another super chat. Uh, I think Brian Juchik. Juchik. Uh, why would they not attack deep at all? Sick to my stomach. Crazy game plan. They had the one big play to Julio Jones uh, down the field. That was probably their biggest chunk play of uh, of the whole game. Outside of the improv backhanded throw to Chris Godwin before Brady ended right. up throwing the interception. There were a lot of plays, Matt, looking at it from the press box where you get to see the entire defense. Dan Quinn did a masterful job of showing either cover one or cover three, and at the snap, uh, rushing four, dropping seven into a zone, and sometimes it was a deep zone. Sometimes uh, it morphed in into a two-deep zone or quarters coverage, and, uh, and it, it they did a good job disguising it. And the protection didn't hold up as well. The, the the Cowboys got to Brady with four on a lot of occasions, for some bad throws, for some quick throws. They just couldn't let those routes develop down the field. The other thing too is these these Bucks receivers were not getting a lot of separation. No credit credit the Cowboys for for a ton of pass breakups tonight. They were on the receivers like glue. They were not schemed open uh, except for maybe that Mike Evans crosser. Uh, that you know that, that he took up the the left sidelines in in the second half. That was one of those plays where in the press box were like, "Wow, where's that play been the whole game?" Right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kellen Moore was getting his guys open. Like Dalton Schultz is not a fast tight end. He averages yeah. ten yards a catch, but he schemed him open several times tonight. And you have to do that at this level. You have to be able to scheme some guys open. We, we don't see a lot of mesh concepts, a lot of rub routes, a lot of pick plays. Um, and quite honestly, the, the Buccaneers need another Antonio Brown type player. They need a guy with speed, with some wheels that can create some separation on his own. Um, Chris Godwin doesn't get a bunch of separation coming off that knee injury. Mike Evans uh, gets separation, but it's typically on deeper routes after he's had time to, to kind of motor down the field. Russell Gage just isn't that guy, and, and neither is Julio Jones at age 33, Matt. No, uh, not at this point. I think it's probably the last we'll see of, uh, of Julio Jones. So may end his career on, on that touchdown play. So uh, good for him. We shall see. Uh, before we wrap up the show, we're going to play a commercial from Age Rejuvenation. Then we have about three Super Chats to get to, and then we will call it an episode. So, uh Here's age rejuvenation. As we age, our hormones decrease, both for men and women. I was tired all the time, had no sex drive. I was groggy. I felt like I was 80 years old because everything hurt. I came to age rejuvenation because I was tired all the time. Bioidentical hormones has really made such an impact in people's lives. I actually enjoy shopping now. Got my, all my energy back. Mind is sharp. I feel like I'm 18 again. It was perfect for me. Get with Age Rejuvenation. Do it now. Don't wait. Call Age Rejuvenation today. Age Rejuvenation, folks. Um, I, I've turned 50. I'll be 51, actually, in April. Um, this Buccaneer season probably would have made me feel like I'm 60, <laughs> if not for Age Rejuvenation. I actually feel like I'm 40. Uh, maybe 41 tonight. Maybe this team aged me a little bit. Maybe I'm 41. That's still better than, than 50. And, and, you know, folks, I... Um, if you're a male in your 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s, chances are your testosterone has been decreasing. It's just nature. It's a natural phenomenon. Uh, it's nothing to be ashamed of. It, it just it happens as we age. But you can fight it with testosterone therapy. That's what I've done. That's what John Gilmore's done. And 
thousands and thousands of Age Rejuvenation customers. So what I want you to do is go to agerejuvenation.com, sign up for their free complimentary consultation, get your blood work done, your insurance will pay for it, and you'll get all the blood panels. You'll get uh, an, an incredibly thorough uh, blood workup, and they'll also check your testosterone scores. If you want or need testosterone therapy, you'll, you can get uh, $500 off your first treatment at Age Rejuvenation. Five Tampa Bay area locations to serve you. And also, if you want to, to lose some weight with, with uh, maybe the New Year's, the New Year's resolution, they also have some weight loss specials uh, in the month of January as well. So you can inquire about that. That has not everything to do with testosterone, and that's weight loss plans for uh, men and females too. So hrejuvenation.com, uh, five Tampa Bay area locations to serve you. Check it out. All right. I'm going to go through some of these super chats quickly. Matt Arrington, thank you for the $5 super chat. JTS needs to get bigger and stronger and learn to have yes. learn to have keep contained. Uh, love the show, guys. I'm kind of glad the season is over. Matt, thank you for watching. Thank you for the super chat. I'm a little bit tired of JTS being close but no cigar. You got to start making those plays. And yeah. uh, he got better at stopping the run at times, and then sometimes he would fall flat on his face again. So big season coming up for JTS. Uh, I don't think he lived up to expectations. Uh, Zay Taylor says, I love you guys. Thank you, PR, for another consistent, informative, and entertaining season. By far, number one Bucks coverage. Thank you so much, Z Thank Taylor. you very that, much. That, that means thank a lot. You. So thank you so much. Uh, Sacred Spear with the $5 Super Chat. There were hardly any splash plays all year. Dropped interceptions, lack of fumbles, no aggressiveness. Otten has no chemistry with Brady. Yeah, Otten kind of fell off the last three games. Doesn't make a play until the second half. Carlton Davis had the football on his hands twice, did not come up with uh, with an interception. So the opportunities were there. They just, you know, didn't truly um, come through for uh, the Buccaneers. I believe we had one more super chat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. TB12, TB2 crew, $5 super chat. Who's the number one head coach and offensive coordinator that could be brought in should both Bowles and Leftwich be gone? Well, we know the offensive coordinator. Yeah. Uh, you know, here's the thing. If the Glaciers are, are going to do something they haven't done, which is fire a coach after one season. Uh, and again, they gave Greg Schiano two years. They gave they gave uh, Lovey Smith two two years. Raheem Morris had three. Drew Cutter had three. Uh, and again, Cutter didn't make the playoffs. Schiano didn't. Lovey Smith didn't. Raheem Morris didn't even make the playoffs. And, and yet they got multiple years. So I, I, I have a hard time thinking the Glaciers are going to buck that track record and fire Bulls after one year, especially when he got this team to the playoffs, even if it was with a, ugh, you know, an eight, nine right. record. Uh, I, I get it. Um, so if you're going to fire Bulls, there has to be an upgrade. Sean Payton would be an upgrade, but I well, don't, I don't think the saints are going to be trading him within the division. I think that he's going to interview with the Panthers I think the Saints want as many teams to be interested in Sean Payton as possible. So there can be a bidding war yeah. for the draft pick compensation. And I think that the Saints are using the Panthers to bolster the load that they're going to get from either, you know, Houston or Denver or any other team that wants LA, to jump in. Yeah. LA, yeah. So having said that, Frank Reich would be the only other one who's with the Colts. He's an offensive, you know, play caller. Um, you know, I I, I, I I, can see Frank Reich as an offensive coordinator here. 
uh, under Bowles, I, I don't know that, that he has the gravitas necessarily to come in and be that splashy, immediate upgrade over over Todd Bowles, at least in the Lazier's eyes. Now, you might think differently, Bucks fans, and I get it, but you know they, they tried with Matt Ryan out there in Indianapolis. The Colts quarterback situation has been a mess for a while, and really ever since Andrew Luck left, you know, and, and Frank Wright got fired after going three, five, and one. So it's not exactly a hire that I think would, they would they would get Buck fans jumping for joy like they did when they traded for John Gruden or when they signed Bruce Arians in 2019, Matt. Yeah. Um, so sometimes I'm not just going with the flashy name is, you know, sometimes you think you want something because you know the name, yeah. but it's really – maybe the person that's not the most qualified. Um, obviously, Todd Munkin would be a fun one that we've talked about a ton. But uh, Peter Report will have a list of potential offensive coordinator candidates uh, coming up. So keep a lookout for that. Um, it's going to do it. That's going to do it for us for uh, today's show. Appreciate everyone that was watching with us the whole time. Please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Peter Report TV. would really appreciate if everyone could go do that. Um, and we'll have another show tomorrow to break down further what is next for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So for Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching. We will see you later today for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out. Thanks, guys. We love you. Thank you, everybody.